But I'm going to just go ahead and invite uh, Jay Schiffman up to share his story. So let's give it up for Jay. Welcome to the Choose Your Struggle podcast. I am your host, Jay Schiffman. Welcome back. This is the Choose Your Struggle podcast. I am your host, Jay Schiffman. For those just tuning in for the first time, I am an addiction and mental health speaker, writer, consultant, coach, and advocate, and I'm dedicated to helping end the stigma around the issues of addiction and mental health and teaching the world to choose their struggle. If you're not sure what that means, check out the last episode of the podcast. So last night, I had a dream that the Beatles Cirque du Soleil show in Las Vegas was closing. And while I had a chance to get amazing tickets, I couldn't go because of the coronavirus. So if you want to know where my priorities are, at least on the subconscious level, that's where it is. For those of you who don't know me intimately, I am a huge Beatles fan. I saw that show 10 years ago on the occasion of my father's 50th birthday with a couple of other amazing patriarchs of my family. Uh, Sadly, one of them was my grandfather who recently passed. I have a tattoo that spans my feet. It says, here comes on one foot and the sun on the other with half of a sun on each foot. And I got that tattoo in my early 20s while I was still struggling with addiction. In the 60s, I would have been called an apple scruff, which is what the Beatles called their most diehard fans. For a good time, listen to George Harrison's kind of jokey song called Apple Scruffs that he dedicated to their most dedicated fans. I have openly and freely ugly cried while seeing a Beatle in concert, not once, not twice, not even three times, but four times. Once while sitting second row with my brother Jake at a Ringo Starr show, Ringo looked right at me and gave me the peace sign and pointed at me, and Jake had to pick me up off the floor. On my 30th birthday, my parents took my brothers and I to see Paul McCartney perform in Cincinnati. It was my second time seeing him. And while playing Hey Jude, they always show the crowd on the Jumbotron. They showed my other brothers, Alex and Ari and I, not once but twice during this song, including all of us standing arm in arm, swaying back and forth and singing for the last whole minute of the show. I was bawling. And just thinking about that amazing moment is bringing tears to my eyes. When I was at my lowest moments, putting on Beatles music was a surefire way to help make me feel better and to get me through. And still, when I'm not feeling great, the Beatles are the first thing I turn to. I'm an avid record collector, uh, and a solid 10% of my collection, which is pretty large, is Beatles music. All of their individual, all of their stuff together, uh, some limited releases, some uh, bootlegs that weren't supposed to be sold. I found those. It's all incredible, and I love all of it. Every year, I celebrate the birth and death days of my favorite Beatle, and honestly, one of my favorite musicians, the late, great, absolute genius George Harrison. I cannot say this enough. George may be one of the most underrated musicians of all time. The impact that he had on music and our culture has not been recognized nearly as much as it should be. He's always overshadowed by the other Beatles, and he did so much to contribute towards music as a whole throughout the entire world and bringing sort of the awareness culture 
he was huge into that. And a lot of the things that we now see as popular, the Beatles popularized, and it was because of George Harrison's. I, I honestly, I invite anyone to reach out. Let's talk George Harrison. I would do that any day. All right, last point. <laughs> when I got married on December 15th of 2018, I walked down the aisle to All You Need Is Love, uh, the, the version from the show Love, the Cirque du Soleil show that I referenced earlier, which is just beautiful. And my wife walked down to a cover of Here Comes the Sun by James Taylor, or obviously James Taylor covering George Harrison's incredible, timeless classic, Here Comes the Sun. And again, just thinking about that beautiful moment has me beginning to tear up. So why am I telling you all this? Well, I'm telling you these facts about me and about my over-the-top and incredible love for the... Honestly, it's hard to find words to describe everything I think about the Beatles, but we'll just say band because that's literally what they were. I'm telling you all of this because today we're going to talk about the idea of what brings people pleasure and why the idea of guilty pleasures is absolutely stupid. I'm going to take a break and I'll be back with more. This is the Choose Your Struggle podcast. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast and then thought, oh, man, I just I don't even know where to begin? Well. I have the perfect answer for you. It's Anchor. They have all the tools you need to get started right away, all in one spot. You can do it from your phone or your computer. They'll even distribute for you, so you don't have to go looking for places to get your podcast out. But the best part is it's all free. That's right. You can sign up today without any hassle at all. You can even start making money right from the beginning. It's everything you need in a podcast in one place. So check it out today. Go to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. Welcome back to the Choose Your Struggle podcast. I'm your host, Jay Schiffman. Originally, when I set out, this podcast was supposed to be a twice a month kind of thing maybe with some special editions thrown in, as you've already seen. Here's the thing. The coronavirus is keeping us at home, and this is the right thing to do. And while industries like mine are far from the most important, it is impacting my life in a way that is not fun, That that is not, it's very real. I'm saying all that to say a lot of the work I do has been drastically reduced or changed in some way. So this podcast is now going to be a weekly thing for the time being. I hope I get to a point where it becomes twice a month again. For right now, this is my outlet. This is my availability to, to continue doing my job. So thanks for listening. The last little piece on that I'll say is this. Right now, you have more reason than ever to reach out. If you are struggling, if you are engulfed by the sort of anxiety that is incredibly justified at this period in time. Do not sit with it. Do not keep it in. Reach out. I am here for you. That's why I'm doing this is to get my message and get my call out there. I do work with individuals as well as my work with businesses. The best way to find me is at my website, www.jshiftman.com. You can also find me on Facebook at Jay Schiffman or on LinkedIn, also at Jay Schiffman, J-A-Y-S-H-I-F-M-A-N. You can find me on Instagram at The Next Schiffman, on Twitter at J-B Schiffman, 
I think that's it. I feel like I'm forgetting something, but that's enough. You know how to reach me, and I'm going to say this again because it bears repeating. Please reach out. If you are struggling, if you simply need someone to talk to, if you need someone who you know will understand, I am here. Let's chat. All right. I think that is enough housekeeping. Back to our topic. Today, we're talking about embracing what gives you pleasure and dispelling the myth of the guilty pleasure. So to begin, let's first tackle the actual definition of the guilty pleasure. The website dictionary.com, which is where I go for all definitions because this is the year 2020 and I don't think I've held an actual dictionary in a decade. The website dictionary.com says it is a pleasure that someone enjoys despite feeling that it is something that is not widely held in high regard. So let's break that down for a little bit. It's something that somebody enjoys. Okay, well, that's the pleasure part. In spite of knowing that or believing, that's the key part, believing that it is something that is not generally held in high regard. So this is something that is applied to a lot of things. Um, I used to fall into this trap. I'm going to use the example of something that my feelings changed on because I think it illustrates this point even more. The music of Justin Bieber. Before his album Purpose, which came out, oh man, five years ago, he was widely considered to be a musician who was not just frankly, he wasn't making music for adults. He was a you know Disney star kind of musician. And then Purpose came out, and it challenged everyone. I, I would actually say, if you were listening to this at your computer or something, go look up that album right now. 93% of people who listen to it like it. So let's go back to that definition for a second. By that definition, it is not a guilty pleasure. But that's not the key piece of the definition, right? 93% of people liking it means a lot of people like it. By that definition, obviously, it cannot be a guilty pleasure. But we're overlooking a key piece of the definition, which is that one enjoys despite feeling that it is not widely held in high regard. Feeling. That's the key piece there. So... That's why I want to talk about this issue. I love the album Purpose. I think Justin Bieber knocked that album out of the park. And here's the thing. I'm not alone. Like I said, 93% of people on Google like that album. That's more than like pretty much anything in 2020. You could put puppies online and you would find more than 7% who would find an issue with the word or the idea of puppies. So that's pretty incredible. A couple other things that I like that fall into this category. Uh, Stick with music for a second. I've already talked about the Beatles, but the music of Kesha, love Kesha. I consider myself an animal. What's up? I've seen her twice. She's incredible. Also in music, a little similar, the music of Ariana Grande, especially her last album, Thank You Next, is just uh, like lights out. The album is fantastic top to bottom, but not only that, A lot of really great mental health themes on there. I love it. But here's what is a little sad about that. I didn't get into Ariana Grande until relatively recently. Why? Because she is thought of as a pop star and I bought into this idea of the guilty pleasure. So let's unpack that a little bit more. There would be no one laughing, balking, questioning if I was a 16-year-old girl and I loved Bieber and Kesha and Ariana Grande, right? That's just, it comes with the territory. 
But these expectations are what fuels that part of the definition of guilty pleasure that is problematic. A 16-year-old girl wouldn't have the feeling that nobody else likes the thing she likes, in this case, you know, the music that I'm, I'm referencing. Why? Because it's expected. A 16-year-old boy, now I don't know, things may have changed since I was a 16-year-old boy literally half my life ago. I'm 33, okay, a little bit more than that. But thinking back to my time as a teenager, if I had liked Ariana Grande, people would have laughed because the expectation is that I would not. So then it does become by that definition a guilty pleasure because I have the feeling that it's something that is not held in high regard to the people that I consider my in-group. So what I'm saying here is if the definition itself states that it's something that people enjoy despite feeling well, feelings have context, and as I just illustrated, everything I discussed would only be a guilty pleasure, quote-unquote, for certain groups, again, giving it context, we're starting to see that this idea, this, this phenomenon that we've all embraced, the idea of the guilty pleasure, is not built on a solid foundation at all, but is built on a shifting foundation of sand, right? If we simply changed a few of these contexts that apply to the idea, all of a sudden the idea crumbles. So think about that for a second. Is there any positive that comes from this? No, there's no positive that comes from the idea of the guilty pleasure. There's plenty of negatives, however. I'm going to take a break, but when I come back, we'll talk about those negatives and why they matter. Thanks for joining the Choose Your Struggle podcast. One quick programming note before we continue. I've had a couple people ask about certain aspects of the special edition that I put out earlier this week. If you think that there are things that were said that don't necessarily jive with my personal brand or the story of my experience that you know, you're correct. I actually debated about whether to put it out at all because of some of the things the host said that really don't jive with my beliefs. But I decided that that was such a sheer minority that it really was worth putting it out for the rest of the conversation. So... The program note is this, that will all be addressed on next week's episode. I was already working on this topic and I think it goes very well or hand in hand with what's going on with the coronavirus, so I wanted to put this out. But next week's episode will be dedicated to clearing up some of my beliefs and the parts of my personal story that are not as conventional. So thank you for those questions, those of you who have asked. As I like to say, this is a complex issue with complex solutions. There really is no black or white answer, which is part of the issue, I think, with with some of the things that the host of the Point of No Return podcast said. So again, that'll be discussed on next week's episode. We're back. Thank you for indulging that program note. I got to be honest, it was actually something that was eating at me, and I wasn't sure what I was going to do about it. I know it's something I wanted to talk about, and I went back and forth on whether to put out that interview at all, mostly because that was recorded, like I said, nine months ago, and I have done just so much of my own research and meeting with incredible, amazing people since that interview. 
And it's really caused me to broaden my own understanding and my own opinions and views on this issue. But all of that is for a later episode. I just wanted to put that out there in this one so that people who were bumping on it, because a couple people have reached out, which by the way, thank you for doing that. I really like hearing from you to know that I'm not just screaming into the void. But anyway, a couple people reached out and said, hey, I know that you know she said this and that's not really your story. Those were all the questions. They were more about things she said as opposed to things I said. And and they were all great. They were all right. Um, I I did not do a good job in that interview of, of pushing back on her. You heard a couple times me say, well, you know, here's the thing. And it was because I was on her platform and I wasn't sure how she felt about me disagreeing with her. So anyway, I'm going to talk about that more next week. This week, we're talking about guilty pleasures. As you heard before, I, I, I said the definition and why it's problematic, but let's go into that a little bit more. Essentially, it's this. Not only does it keep people from liking things they may really enjoy, as you heard my story with pop music, right? But, but bigger than that, much bigger than that, is it keeps people from connecting. It keeps people from being their authentic self. It keeps people from honestly being happy. And right now, I mean, we need all of those opportunities we can get for connection, for authenticity in our own lives and in the way we relate to others, and even more than that, for happiness. So this is something I've talked about a lot uh, to people when I work with them and when I speak. I was giving a presentation to a group of first responders, a class, a training class, and um, you know, I got to tell you, I love speaking. I know I'm a weirdo like that, but I really enjoy talking to people about these issues and they were right along with me right there was one dude in the back who was asleep props to you man i get it uh but everybody else was right along with me and when i got to this part and i talked about look i own up to the fact that i'm a 33 year old man up here in a suit and i'm bumping along to ariana grande they were howling and that's the thing is like there is definitely other people who like what you like i mean in the age of the internet, the fact that we can connect and find these groups easier, you go out there and you look for, let's keep using Ariana Grande, I can look for her group, uh, her, her support group, her love group, you know, whatever you want to call it now. And there are other people like me. But in a day to day base, it's really hard to see that, right? I may talk to someone and I tell them, oh, I love Ariana Grande. And they're like, whatever, man. Like that doesn't happen because everybody loves her. And we're sort of opening up about that. But let me give you some other examples that do still happen. I love the game Pokemon Go. I was just playing. I play it whenever I'm walking around. I think it's a great way to get people to move and to get people to have fun outside if they're not normal, normally um, predisposed to doing that. So when I take my dog for a walk, I play Pokemon Go. I love it. When I tell people that, I get laughed at, like straight up, like just straight up, like, ha ha ha. I didn't think anyone still did that. You loser. That's cool. I don't care. Like, I love it. But it's something I'm more secure in, right? If you weren't so secure in that, if this was something that you felt shame about, uh, that could keep you from doing it. And if it's a thing you really enjoy, like, how dare you? You know what I mean? Like, how dare you? keep me from enjoying something. There is something about that that I have felt weird about. Let me explain. I love, <laughs> I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Everybody who knows me knows that, right? 
um, I have a picture of Han Solo hanging in my office. Like, Star Wars is uh, a very important thing in my life. It's something that I have friends that we have bonded over Star Wars. Um, Han Solo is my favorite character in all of anything. I say all that to say that I go above and beyond on it. Yes, people are finally getting into the cartoons, which is sweet because the cartoons are awesome. Thanks to The Mandalorian for opening a lot of people up to that. I've been on that cartoon game for years. Beyond that, the books that are accepted as part of the Disney canon, right? There's For those of you very quickly who don't know, there's two different groups of books. There are those that were uh, canonized by Disney that, that you know, you actually... If you read them, you start to understand the new movies and the cartoons better because these are all like the, the, the cartoons and the movies built on some of these books. And you may not know that, right? I mean, you see the movie and you're like, oh, I didn't quite understand that, but whatever, it's not a big deal. You get these things better from the books. And then there's there are other books that Disney was like, nope, we're going to pretend those didn't exist. I like them all. Uh, they're entertaining, but for a long time... Like, I read these when I was a kid. I started reading them again recently. And in the middle, I was ashamed of this, right? Because I also spend a lot of time reading scholarly articles on addiction and mental health. I read, you know, great works. I, I, John Steinbeck is one of my favorite authors, right? So it's like, how do I square that circle? Well, here's the thing. You don't have to. So props to Andrew Stocky, a really great friend of mine, one of the guys who was in my wedding a year plus ago. Uh, lives up in Cleveland, big Star Wars fan. We talk about it all the time. He was kind of like, hey, man, like, why don't you give these another shot? And I was like, I don't know. You know, that was the thing I did as a kid. And he's like, nah, nah, nah. He's like, look, you and I talk about the cartoons like, you know, we do about the movies. If you're into the cartoons, you got to check out these books. And so I started, you know, I picked up one about my boy Han Solo and it got me. And over the last year, I've been reading a whole lot of these Star Wars novels and they're awesome. They're a great way you know, right now I'm reading this uh, amazing collection of scholarly works about addiction, specifically about the stigma of addiction. I'm reading that. I'm reading uh, JFK's Profiles in Courage because I'm kind of going off that model a little bit for my book, Profiles in Change, that is out hopefully next year if it's not delayed by the coronavirus. And those are super heavy and they're super uh, interesting, and they're, I mean, I love both of them, but they're not easy reads, right? They take work, whereas these Star Wars books, I can kick back, and I'm immersed, and I am, I don't have to think, I can just enjoy a story. I shouldn't have been embarrassed by this. I shouldn't have been. It should not have caused me embarrassment, but it did, and it was not caused by anyone else. It was about my own stigma. It was about my own, well, what would people think if they saw me reading this? First off, who cares, right? Like, honestly, who cares? If it brings you happiness, do it. As long as you're not hurting anyone else, that is my message. If you are not hurting anyone else, just do what makes you happy. That's point one. Point two, like I said, I'm also reading things that are on the complete other end of that spectrum. The Scholarly Works collection on the stigma of addiction is hard. It is a tough read, and it's because... Uh, scholarly works like like things written for higher ed you almost need translators like it is not easy reads but it is incredibly impactful and so to go from that like i i have no qualms about taking that with me to a coffee shop not right now obviously not going out but normally i have no qualms about taking that to a coffee shop and reading that over my morning cup of coffee and a bagel 
why would I feel any different about Star Wars? And let me tell you something. I've had more conversations started by someone seeing me reading a Star Wars book than they have by someone who was like, oh my God, what's that book about addiction? Now, obviously the stigma is very real around that. And there's a little bit, well, a lot less stigma around reading a Star Wars book than there is about reading a scholarly work about addiction. But the point I'm trying to make is that that was all in my head and it was all because of society's sort of um, understanding or, or the, the expectations that those books are for kids. They're not for me. So that's kind of my point is that who cares, right? If you enjoy it, if it's something that you enjoy doing, who cares what society's expectations are? Don't give in to this idea of the guilty pleasure. Instead, let's just embrace pleasures, right? We need things that make us happy. It doesn't matter what it is if it's not hurting someone. So I'm going to take a break. That is basically my stick on guilty pleasures. Uh, when I come back, we will go through the close of this episode. Thank you, as always, for checking out this edition of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. Before we close, I do want to say this. These episodes are short on purpose. And they do not get anywhere close to the bottom of these complex issues. Yes, I like to think they go a little deeper than 30,000 feet, but they are, at the end of the day, just one man and his opinion. So, please reach out. Please let me know if you agree or disagree. I said this earlier, but it bears repeating. These are complex issues with complex answers. There is no black or white, right or wrong. Okay, there are some things that are very clearly right and some things that are very clearly wrong, but as a whole, it is shades of gray. My hope is that the episodes that are conversations with others, with some of the guests I am lining up, those will be more in-depth, but these episodes are just me, in my opinion. So, there we have it, another Great edition of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. Yep, I'm labeling it great, and that's cool because I'm the host, so I get to make that call. So next, we're going to do this week's edition of Choose Your Card. Remember, this is brought to you by the Blurt Foundation. They don't pay me to say that. I just use their products, and so I think it's the right thing to do to tell you that that's who I'm using. This week's card is from their Press Pause Pack. I'll tell you what, with everything going on outside, we all need to be very mindful of our mindfulness. See what I did there? Yeah, it was pretty great. There are a lot of different ways to do this. Self-care is the biggest one, the most popular one, as is meditation. But what's great about this card pack is it gives you some other ideas. So, you have no idea how brightly your light shines. That's nice. That's pretty, that's pretty nice. Take a moment to ruminate on that at the end of this podcast. Thank you again to Blurt, as always, for another amazing card. So that was this edition of Choose Your Card. Today's edition of Good Egg, as a reminder, these are good deeds that I will give you at the end of every episode. So today's reminder of Good Egg is this simple. Send a little bit of money over PayPal or Venmo or, hey, even send a check. Send it to someone who you know is struggling right now with this crisis. I just did this today. I sent uh, 
I'm very lucky to be on a paid board and I sent this month's, I guess a stipend, let's call it a stipend. I sent this month's stipend to the owner of my favorite coffee shop. I said, hey man, you need this more than I do right now. He told me afterwards, look, I'm obviously not going to tell you specifics, but he said things are tough. So he's going to share a little bit of it with his staff. But hey, you know, everybody needs it. Everyone is hurting in ways we don't know. So that's your good egg for this edition. Send a little money to somebody in need. Thank you for tuning in to the Choose Your Struggle podcast. I am your host, Jay Schiffman. And remember, choose your struggle.